If you've got your Bibles, and then let's turn to Acts chapter 2. So it says, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, do you know what day it is today? Hmm? Pentecost. So when the day of Pentecost came, and today is Pentecost Sunday, but we'll, we'll come back to that in a minute. No, we won't. Let's just do it now. So today's known as Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost is a Greek word that means 50. Everyone say 50. It's not that important, but I just wanted you to get to say something. Um, so Pentecost is a Greek word. The Hebrew word, shav- shavuot, whoa, something like that anyway, um, it, it basically is a Jewish festival uh, as a harvest festival, it, and um, it's a, a celebration of thanksgiving to God, the one who provides, the one who brings the grain harvest, the, the wheat harvest. So it's a time for, for the Jewish people, the people of Israel, to give thanks to Yahweh, their God, who provides for them and provides abundantly. And he's still the one who provides and provides abundantly. Jesus said, John 10.10, I've come that you may have life and have it in all its fullness or in all its abundance. Abundant life. God is good. And so this festival was a festival that God basically said, you must, you must keep it, you must celebrate. You must celebrate this harvest festival or the festival of weeks. And it was the festival of weeks because it began seven weeks and one day after the Passover celebration. So it was sevened, apparently, in the word. And so they're together on a day where they would remember and celebrate the provision of God in terms of crops and harvest, but also in terms of his word and law. They would remember the time when God met with Moses on Mount Sinai and gave them the commandments. Rabbis worked it out. They're going, it's the same day. God is good. He gives us good things. And so they were together on that day. Let's go back to chapter 1 of Acts. Chapter 1, verse 4, says this. Jesus is the resurrected Jesus talking to his disciples. He's saying this. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with Holy Spirit. Go down to verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So there's a promise. There's weight to receive, to be baptized with Holy Spirit. You will receive power, and you will be my witnesses. So about... Ten days after Jesus says that, uh, they're all together in this one place. They're celebrating Pentecost, the abundance and the provision of God. And suddenly, verse 2, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven 
and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with, holy, with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues or other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in their own language. So powerful stuff was going on. It was a fulfillment of promise, of God's promise. Um, in, in Ezekiel, um, if someone could look up Ezekiel 36 for me. Because I can't, let me see. I might be able to find it in my own Bible. How about that? It says this. Um, verse 26, 27. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will re- remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So there's a promise of God. He's going to do a new thing. He's going to do something inside. So rather than it being an external heavy weight of ought and should and must, he's going to do something inside of the believer that brings them a new energy and a new power. Imagine that you're walking along with a rucksack and it's a really big, heavy weight on you. And then you stop, you take it off, you open it up and then inside the rucksack is amazing food that you can eat. That amazing food gives you power, strength, energy, vigour, but then the heavy weight is no longer on your back. God is doing a new thing. He's putting the spirit of God into people. And that's what happened on this day of Pentecost. The day they were celebrating the abundance of God for the crop, the harvest, and for his word, amazing gift of the Holy Spirit was given to people. Wow. God's spirit. And you know what? We can become really familiar. We can become used to things. And particularly in our church, we're a charismatic church. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But you know what? When we become familiar and just get used to stuff, sometimes we don't enter in enough. Remember a few weeks ago, I got that door frame out. I mentioned it the other week. Stepping into a new season. So We can know something, we can know about something, we can experience something, we can have history, but we don't move into the new because we keep thinking, it's all right, I've got this, I've sussed this, I've experienced this, that's enough, uh, isn't it? And we just keep going back to old testimony. Like, you need to hear this, someone's being distracted, you need to hear this, don't keep going back to Old Testament because there's a new testimony, a new story, a new season that God wants us to enter into. And particularly in the power of the Holy Spirit, 
with the Holy Spirit, in speaking in tongues, in having dreams and visions and all the other gifts in developing godly character. Holy Spirit wants to lead us into a new season, personally, corporately. But are we going to enter in or are we just going to keep looking back behind at what's gone on in the past? However good and great that might be, I'm not saying that old testimonies aren't valid testimonies, but new testimonies for today. What is God's Spirit doing today? And so there's this, okay, that the Holy Spirit... So later on when Peter's preaching, he says... Um, what, what it's, he goes and he tells the story about what they've done to Jesus. And they're, they're just shaken. They're going, oh, what must we do to be saved? And he said, repent. Repent from your wicked, sinful ways. Turn from those ways. Turn to God. Repent. Believe in God. Be baptised in water and receive the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 39, then goes on to say, the promise of the Holy Spirit is for you. The promise of the Holy Spirit is for your children. The promise of the Holy Spirit is for all who are far off, even as many as the Lord your God shall call. God is at work. God wants you to step into a new season of the Spirit. And there's a truth that we need to believe, which is totally and utterly mind-blowing, bending, shaking. God lives in us. God lives in the one who is repenting and believing, the one who's being baptised, the one who's receiving. God lives in us. Just we know that, don't we? We've all heard that before. Um, let's find a, a verse um, where... I can't remember. Oh, where is it? 1 Corinthians 6 says this. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Who is in you? Who's the Holy Spirit? Who's in you? Almighty God, creator of the universe, lives inside you Really? Do you really believe that? Do you know that your body is a temple of God's spirit? God is in you. You've received him from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Jesus paid the price for us. Therefore, honour God with your body. Drew said that wisdom... Wisdom to know to do with health, to do with what you do with your body. Wisdom. Some of us are acting unwise with the temple of God's spirit. God lives in you. If you've believed in Jesus, if you've turned from your sin, he, believe, he, be, he belongs in you. He's made for you. God has put his spirit in us. It's mind-blowing. But if we believe it, if we get it, it should change us that we are presence of God carriers, 
glory carriers, that we manifest the very presence of God. Where we go, we carry the spirit of God, the spirit of truth, the spirit of Jesus, the spirit that reminds and the spirit that teaches, the spirit that empowers, the the spirit that glorifies Father and Jesus lives inside of us. Wow. Are we doing a, a sort of a good, bad job, if you like, a cover-up? Or are we going, are we actually believing, like doing the battle that Lynn's done? I can hear from God. I'm going to receive something from God and I'm going to give it away. Right? There's a battle going on. There will be a battle going on now. What? Me. God lives in me. But it's not about you It's about him. It's about what he's chosen. It's about his purposes. It's about his plan. God wants to inhabit earth through his people, us. And so either we can cooperate well with that or we can fight against it. One will be fruitful and life-giving and blessing to others, The other one will probably be an eternal combustion because we'll be going, I know what I should be like, but, you know, and just, oh. And fighting all the time. Jesus wants us to be in freedom. And so if we're those that look to God, obey him and walk in the Holy Spirit so that we we don't gratify the cravings of our sinful nature. If we live by the Spirit of God by his rule and reign, his guidance, his leadership. We won't gratify the cravings of our sinful nature, but we will please and honour almighty God. So God wants to take up residence in us. God is in us. God in you. Jesus in you. Christ in you. The hope of glory by his spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in his temple. And individually... We're temples of the Holy Spirit. And corporately, we, like living stones, are being built together to become a temple in which God lives by his Spirit. God, the Spirit of God, wants to be let loose on planet Earth, in Debden, in Epping, in Walthamstow, wherever you are, you are a glory carrier, a presence carrier. But do you believe it? Do you know it? Are you engaging with it? So look, look, there's a door. Are you going to step through it? And so the early church, they went went before um, that they were fearful, cringing, they'd lost Jesus. Jesus appeared to them. He said, Wait, you will receive power from on high. You will be my witnesses. Right? He is empowering us and equipping us. And so it might be to step through. There's loads of things to talk about Holy Spirit and what he does. But one thing, be my witnesses. Be my witness. A witness is someone who honestly says what I've seen, what I've heard, what I've experienced. What I have seen, 
what I have heard, what I have experienced. This is what I can tell someone else. And so if you were witness to an accident, you talk about the accident. But we're witness to Jesus Christ. We're witness to the Holy Spirit. We're witness to Father God. So each one of us has got a story to tell. Something that you have personally seen, heard or experienced through the scriptures in your own life, in a friend's life, you have got a story to tell. And so Peter, think about it, sitting around that fire when Jesus is arrested and they say, aren't you with Jesus? Uh, I, don't know, I, don't even, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And, and then after the day of Pentecost, people are saying to him, stop talking about Jesus or we'll give you a right good hiding. You judge for yourselves whether I obey you or God. I'm going to preach about Jesus. Well, haven't you heard what we just said? We're going to give you a good... I don't care. See, when we're caught up with the Holy Spirit, we don't care what this world says or what this world offers. We can be bold witnesses. And so if we're not being bold witnesses, people of courage... The problem isn't with the Holy Spirit. Problems with us. And so he, Holy Spirit, he can do great things in us and through us if we choose him and if we choose to be obedient to him. And then all heaven can break loose. And so he is what we need. Like the wisdom of Jesus and Father Let's send Holy Spirit down to live in them. There's the wisdom of God. Are we going to accept it or reject it? Are we going to take the baton? He has chosen to live in us and make his witness through us. I'm tempted to say, now, if I was God, I wouldn't have done it like that. But that's the wisdom of God, to trust us with the message of the good news of the kingdom of God and to be his witnesses. But we are not doing it in any way, shape or form on our own. Holy Spirit, we just got to be cooperating. So if you think, do you know what? I, I need a baptism of boldness and courage so that I can be my master's witness that I can speak forth boldly, that I can overcome fear and panic and anxiety. But I don't know what to say. Holy Spirit will give us the words to say when we need to say them. Why don't you... So don't do it because your arm is twisted or because other people are and you have to. If I'm the only one standing up, that's fine because I, I want a baptism of boldness and courage in the Holy Spirit so that I can be a better witness to my God because... He is worth it. And people need him. So just stand where you are if you choose to. And let us pray for ourselves. Holy Spirit, I want to be more bold. Holy Spirit, I want to be more courageous. Holy Spirit, I want supernatural love for lost people. Come, fall on me afresh. Work in me and through me for your glory, that I might be your witness. 
operating in your power. Lord, I submit to you. Have your way. Send me out. Send me out, Lord, in the power of your spirit for your glory. Amen. Amen.